Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beat the Bell. I'm Ian Whitfield, joined here by Shane Riley. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm tremendous, Ian. Uh, we have a great episode in store for you guys today. Um, we're going to be talking both about basketball and baseball. Going on to our topics, we're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets as they've clinched a playoff spot. Uh, Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich are off to a great start uh, this season. You know who, who's going to be the NBA MVP in our in our decision, and then uh, looking at the AL, bit of a mix-up than what we expected so far this season. So we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Um, the Brooklyn Nets clinched a playoff spot this season, their first since the 2014-2015 season. After years of struggling through their horrible trade with the Celtics, do they have a legitimate chance to win a series this season, Ian? I'm gonna go with no, just because. The Brooklyn Nets are such a young team, starting with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, yes, he's been in the league for, what, three years now? Three years? He's just be- stepped into the role as a true leader in the Nets. He's starting to take over that franchise, and don't get me wrong, he's done a great job with it. He's winning games, making big shots. He's making a name for himself, and I love it. I think he's a fabulous player, and I think it, the best thing for him was getting away from the Lakers. But overall, I think that the Nets are not going to be successful, even with their distinct home court advantage and how good they are at home. I don't think their team is experienced enough in order to be successful in the playoffs. Like NBA playoffs is a very, it's a sport, it's a playoff, like a sport playoff that needs a lot of experience in my opinion. So I think that's where the Nets are going to struggle. And even though they did split series against um, like the Sixers and against the Raptors, who are the two teams that they can play, I can't see them in the playoffs being that successful, especially with the Sixers and Raptors being pretty experienced. Yeah, I definitely going to have to agree with you on that. Uh, even though D'Angelo Russell was had a tremendous season, was an All Star, averaging twenty one point one points a game this season. You know, they uh, also have another guard with uh, Spencer Didwitty. Mm-hmm. Um, both those guys looking very good, and you know, they have like one of the best three point shooters in the league, Joe Harris, um, who we saw win the um, three point shooting contest. He shoots lights out. <laughs> I just think it's very difficult for them to go into a, a more experienced team with like the Sixers, who are having um, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and just guys who, especially Jimmy Butler, who's been around the league and been in the playoffs, and then you have guys on the Raptors, for example, like Kawhi Leonard, uh, who's been to the finals uh, a couple times, and he's been, he's a a playoff veteran uh, and and a league veteran. So I just think it's hard for these young guys to really go in, especially in away games, uh, and beat these these big teams in the East. Um, I think if they were middle of the pack, maybe playing on the Playing against the Pacers, uh, I think they would have a higher chance, but I just don't think it. I just don't see it happening, especially against the Sixers and the Raptors. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, heading into question two, Shane, Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich have both been off to great starts this season in the National League. Shane, right now, who would you say finishes atop the National League MVP voting? Personally, my decision, uh, I believe it's going to be Cody Bellinger. Uh, he's off to an insane start. Um, very similar to his rookie season when he was first coming up. I mean, in 11 games so far, he has seven home runs, and, um, you know, he's batting 435, which is insane. Uh, anyone hitting over 400 is having a, a insane season. Never, it barely is ever done. Uh, you know, Dan- Daniel Murphy a couple years ago was looking like he, he could have maintained it, but he didn't. I just don't see, that's not going to continue. Obviously, you don't really see anybody do that. But back, you know, last year he kind of missed a couple steps. He played all games last season, but he only hit 260. Uh, with 25 home runs, but his rookie season he hit 39 home runs. Uh, I definitely can see his power numbers uh, taking a huge jump this season and his RBI numbers, especially since pretty much everyone on the Dodgers right now is raking. Um, but I just don't see how uh, Christian Yelich could really put it together back-to-back seasons and win back-to-back MVPs. I think it's 
too difficult to do. So I definitely could see Bellinger stepping up uh, and taking over the role of NL MVP this season. Yeah, I think Cody Bellinger, as of right now, I agree with you, is the front runner. But I'm actually going to say Christian Yelich does end up pulling it out. But it's because sheerly of the fact that Christian Yelich has more opportunities for RBIs, in my opinion. And I think they're both going to end. Cody Bellinger might have a, little, a few more home runs. But I think it, based on past statistics and stuff, I think Christian Yelich is going to go for a higher average. He's gonna. He already had. They already have the same on base percentage at 490, and I think Christian Yelich will keep that up, especially as he's more of a dynamic player. Cody Bellinger is more of a swing for the fences kind of guy, so I think uh, Christian Yelich is gonna be able to rack up some points there in the MVP voting. But Yelich also, yeah, with the more opportunities for RBIs, I think is the big thing for me. The as you were saying, the um, Dodgers rake like they hit a lot of home runs, which means the bases are constantly cleared. So Cody Bellinger hit, does not hit a lot of multi-run home sh- or home run shots no matter even though where he's batting the lineup probably clean up or uh third but i think christian yelich overall has a better ground with the brewers of winning mvp than bellinger does yeah i could definitely it's definitely going to be a close race uh you know you might see someone else from another team come into play but even goldschmidt might be a oh a, yeah that's a, good, a really good dark horse yeah so getting into our third topic um back back to the nba uh who is your nba mvp this season um, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I'm going to go with James Harden. And it, I'm a big statistics kind of guy. I like looking at stats to see who is productive. MVP is the most valuable player in my not the player that was able to carry his team to the number one seed in the East or anything like that. I think it is the player that had the best year all around based on numbers. And I don't know how you can't pick James Harden in that category. He's first in points and seventh in assists. He is the second best player efficiency rating in the NBA. So 36 points per game and set and almost eight assists is ridiculous. Like you don't find those numbers amongst anyone else in the league. He's almost win- he's winning the points category by almost, I think, seven points per game, which is unheard of. So and he's the most unguardable player in the league. And you can't you can't deny that. When you put him ISO, it's a guaranteed bucket. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, that's not how you play basketball anymore or anything like that. But James Harden has showed that he is the most dominant player in the league and that he is the MVP. Now, I, I think you have some good points, but I'm definitely going to have to disagree with you on that. Giannis, or, or the Greek freak, has been insane this season, averaging 27.7 points per game. Even though James Harden is averaging 36, that, that is an insane amount of numbers, insane number. But the Bucks also have the best record in the NBA, so... Uh, Clearly, Giannis's stats are translating into wins, which is very important because um, people have this big argument on whether championships matter for for certain players. So I think being able to help your team win as well as putting up big numbers is is what the MVP is all about. I don't think it's about your individual statistics because if your team isn't winning, uh, you see in in blowout games that I'm not saying that the Rockets got blown out every game or barely ever, but you see guys get free layups because people stop really trying because they know the game's already over. It's it's pretty much it's set in stone. But the Bucks have really been able to win this season. He does have some good pieces around it, but Giannis has had several triple-doubles this season. I think he's had a, an MVP season, in my opinion. Yeah, heading into our final topic now, we're going to transfer back over to the MLB. Uh, Shane, the Rays, Mariners, and Tigers are surprisingly leading the powerhouse-led American League divisions. Are any of these teams legitimate contenders for their divisions, in your opinion? Uh, the Rays, especially for the AL East, are not going to last, in my opinion. I think that the Red Sox and the Yankees will both figure it out. They both have a lot of money tied up into their salaries, and, and those players are going to figure it out. 
um, at some point this season, whether it's before or after the All-Star break. But um, a team that I believe honestly has a chance at their division um, is going to be the Seattle Mariners. Uh, right now, you know, they have the additions of Tim Beckham and Domingo Santana, who both are hitting over 340 right now. Tim Beckham's hitting 400. They also have guys like Dee Gordon, Edwin Encarnacion, and Mitch Haniger. Uh, you know, they've got some guys as well as Jay Bruce. I mean, these guys are all hitting very well right now. Um, they did trade away Edwin Diaz um, and Robinson Cano, but I think it's opened up opportunities, especially for um, guys I've mentioned earlier, like Tim Beckham who are all hitting tremendously right now. First, a team to 10 wins, and the Astros are not playing as well as they were uh, last season, especially since they lost Keuchel and Marlon Gonzalez. So I definitely can see them having a real good chance at their division. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think the Mariners are the top team. I don't see the Tigers being able to sustain 7-2, and two, and definitely don't be. I'm not able to see the Rays coming out on top, on top of the Yankees and Red Sox. But I agree with the Astros losing a bunch of pieces around them. The Mariners and their red-hot offense right now are looking really good at 10-2. and two. They have a .945 on-base uh, slugging percentage, which is amazing. And that number obviously is not sustainable, and we're only a few games into the season. But, I mean, just they have, like, the best start since 2001, where they were one of their best years ever. So... For Mariners fans, that's looking extremely promising, and I think they will push for that division spot against the Astros, and if they don't, I do see them grabbing either the number one or number two wild card behind either the Yankees or um, Red Sox, whichever one of those does not end up winning their division. But the Mariners have really surprised me, and they look really good this season, especially with the additions of some of the players you mentioned, like Jay Bruce and Tim Beckham. So I can't wait to see um, how the Mariners end up. Yep. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, stay tuned for more uh, sports news and things we will discuss. Thank you.